This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Hello, Terawan Saranai, and welcome to our program on the Buddha Dharma. In our discussion of what it is to become a Bodhisattva, we're covering the activities practiced by such a person. These activities are primarily the six perfections generosity, morality, patience, enthusiasm, concentration, and wisdom. We've looked at what it means to practice the first two, generosity and morality, in previous programs and are in the middle of talking about the third, patience. As I said before, a perfection in this sense is a mindset. It's not an action or collection of deeds. So the perfection of generosity is the mind ready to give anything and the perfection of morality is the mind that doesn't transgress even the slightest vow and never thinks of giving even the slightest harm to any creature. As we said last week, a bodhisattva who has attained the perfection of patience has a mind with three characteristics. It is not moved by others' harm, it voluntarily endures any suffering, and is always focused on the Dharma. And then we talked about how to develop this kind of mind by considering the great disadvantages of anger, the opposite of patience. Just to summarize what we said, anger brings both immediate and long-term suffering, as it is the main cause for being born in the hell realms. It destroys the merit we gather from generosity, keeping ethics and so on. Anger at a bodhisattva destroys merit we've collected over eons, and it can cast us into the hell realms also for eons. Anger is also accompanied by other unpleasant emotions, like fear, malice, loneliness, and increased ignorance. It can lead to an endless cycle of vengeance that may last for centuries or lifetimes and is behind all arguments, wars, and so on. Anger is also completely unreasonable. It makes up reasons to justify itself, but once the anger is gone, those reasons can be seen to be completely unreasonable. It also makes us destroy those things that bring us most comfort, a peaceful mind and pleasant appearance, good friends, resources, and health. All these can be completely banished by sustained anger. When we are angry, we break things, swear at our friends, and pump up our blood pressure. We We look demonic and are capable of any harmful action, even down to killing the people most dear to us. And so anger isolates us. For who wants to be a friend with a person who is continually rough, violent and offensive? The only friends such a person has are others who also operate violently and aggressively. Nowhere does such a person find peace. So these are the great faults of anger, and in contrast to them, we can meditate on the benefits of patience, the antidote to anger. But before we go into that, let's set our motivation as we usually do keeping in mind that bodhicitta is the best motivation to create for participating in this program. Please take a moment to set that as our motivation if you can. Thank you. Now, last time we talked a lot about the wonderful spiritual legacy St. Therese of Lisieux left us and how her infinite love and patience enabled her to live through boundless suffering with joy. She showed us that patience is not just a matter of grinning and bearing it, but actively facing suffering with a smile and finding the strength that can give us. Not only does it have many great benefits in this life, but it also brings us much happiness in future lives. 
So as we look at the many disadvantages of anger in our last program, let's now take a glance at the many benefits of developing patience. One of the benefits that will appeal to those who like looking in the mirror is that patience creates the cause for a beautiful and attractive appearance. Both in this life and in coming lives, a patient person who doesn't get angry very much will appeal to others. They have a peaceful, non-threatening aspect that fe people feel happy to be around, even if those people are themselves feeling a bit out of sorts. Don't you always feel comforted by someone who you know will inevitably be welcoming and calm, even if you turn up at their door at midnight with some trouble or other? And if you want to be an, an Al McPherson or Brad Pitt in a coming life, one of the things you must practice in this life is patience. In fact, patience is one of the causes for getting a good rebirth in, a f in the future. If we practice its opposite, anger, not only will we look fearful in a coming life, but we will also find ourselves, as we've said before, in an aggressive, hot and claustrophobic kind of environment. To find ourselves in the opposite environment to that, we have to give up anger, and that means learning and habituating ourselves with patience. Another benefit of patience is that it makes it much easier to see what is right and wrong. We mentioned that anger does the opposite. When we are angry, we think we know what is right, but we act in ways that just bring us harm and unhappiness. And when we look at our reasons later, we usually find that they are completely delusional. Instead of solving a bad situation, they tend to make it worse. If we practice patience and banish anger completely, we are much more likely to develop a far-ranging wisdom that sees through the hallucinations and petty concerns of this life to a much greater truth. In fact, even if we are impatient to gain enlightenment, we are creating an obstacle to achieving that goal. Patience is definitely needed to gain enlightenment. You know, it's really hard even just to help one person change an attitude in this life. A Buddha has taken on the responsibility to change all beings' attitudes and lead them to enlightenment. Imagine if he or she had only a little patience. That job would be totally impossible. Surely a Buddha can only work continuously for all beings without rest if he or she has infinite patience. Thich Nhat Hanh in his book All in One, One in All talks about our habit energy. He says, We know how strong, how powerful is the habit energy. We notice that there are times when we are not ourselves. We cannot be ourselves. We are carried away by our habit energy. We did not want to say that. We knew what, that saying that would create damage in our relationship with the other person. But finally, we said it. We knew that we should not do it. We knew that if we went ahead and did it, it would create damage in our relationship. But finally, we did it. We said it was stronger than us. What is stronger? The habit energy. So we felt helpless, powerless. We felt very weak, that we cannot cope with it. It is so strong, our habit energy. And after having said it, having done it, we regret it. We feel sorry. We condemn ourselves. Sometimes we make a strong vow that next time we will not do it again. We will not say it again. But next time, we do it again. We say it again. The habit energy is very strong. That is why we have to be able to practice, to learn ways of handling that habit energy in order to transform it. 
So if it's that difficult for people who actively want to change, how much patience must a Buddha have if he or she wants to help people who either don't realize they are causing problems and pain or who don't care if they do and have no intention of changing? What can a Buddha do in such a situation but wait and wait and wait until something in, the, in such a person's mind, some revolt against suffering, perhaps, turns them to follow a different path? Only then can a Buddha do something to help. But if someone really does not want to change, who can change them? And how many beings only in this world are really intent on changing themselves? Very few, I should think, even among those who profess to be masters of the Buddha's teachings. So we can see that to be a Buddha we need, quite literally, infinite patience. And that is developed while we are still on the path as we practice the perfection of patience. As Thich Nhat Hanh says, our habit energy is very strong and difficult to change, but that doesn't mean we can't do it. Every day we can do something to change. Every day we can practice patience a little bit. We don't have to be suddenly become Mr. or Mrs. Patience overnight. That is impossible anyway. But we can stay mindful, and in situations where we used to get uptight and angry, purposefully, purposefully practice patience. The road is a good place to begin, because it seems that many of us have an inbuilt mechanism that turns us into swearing, finger-waving, or road-rage demons once we get behind the wheel of a car, even though we might be otherwise quite nice people. There's always a situation to deal with on the road, whether it is those annoying one car at a time lights onto the motorway, which always seem to be operating when you're late for work, or some other driver getting red in the face and impatient and leaning on their horn. How do we react? Are you able to smile and sit it out quietly, or does your mind become tight and upset? Here is the perfect opportunity to practice patience. In fact, I found that one of the best remedies for impatience while driving is to see how considerate you can be of other drivers. Nothing quite changes my mind when I'm growing titchy behind the wheel as slowing down and letting someone enter the stream of traffic from a side street or a driveway. Something about that act of goodwill and patience makes the mind settle down a bit, and I don't know quite what it is. But we can also find lots of other situations in which to practice patience. The people we live with are especially good to start with because they usually know exactly what buttons to press to make our impatience meter go into the red. Here is a plea I found on an internet site from one woman who wants to be free from her anger issues with her husband. It sounds as if she's in quite a serious state, but anyone who lives with other people, especially in a relationship, will probably recognize at least some of what she describes. She writes, I tend to yell at him a lot of the time just because I don't feel like he's helping me enough. In reality, he does help me, but sometimes, especially when he gets home from work, he likes to relax for a little bit on the computer. But instead of letting him relax, I just start trying to get him to help me with the kids, and if he doesn't do it right away, I get so upset with him and start yelling and calling him names. He eventually will help me out, but not always right when I ask. So I guess, I guess this makes me go crazy. I really don't want to be like this. I try to tell him in a calm way that I need help, but if he doesn't help me out right away, I will start yelling at him. 
I'm just not sure what to do about this. I wish I could change and react differently to, to, to things. I even get really upset with him if I don't always get my way, like if he wants to watch a football, football game, for, for example, and I just want to watch regular t TV or a movie. So I get upset even over small things. It is those small things that we can start with, the things that have the potential to make us say or do things we know will not help. Recognizing they're actually not important, we can, for instance, try to see them in a different light. Like St. Teresa did with a nun who kept on fiddling with her rosary during silent meditation. Do you remember the story from last week? In her writings, Sister Therese, as she was then, tells how the noise of the nun playing with the rosary was driving her crazy, until, instead of trying to push the sound away, she focused on it, and in her mind made it into music which she offered to God. When she did that, her anger faded, and the sound became an agent for peace instead of anger. Or in a difficult situation, we can place our mind on the breath, as we do in meditation, and just let the situation flow on by in the mind's natural spaciousness. It's only when we focus on the story going on that the anger has the opening it needs to leap out, all weapons blazing. Practices like this help to develop our practice of patience in difficult situations. For we should not fall into the trap of thinking that we are naturally angry people and that we can't change. That is far from the truth. The Buddha said that every compounded phenomenon is impermanent, and as the mind is compounded, it too is impermanent and can be changed. So even if we get angry or irritated 1,000 times a day, the possibility to change is always there. We just have to apply some fairly firm conditioning. For after all, the only reason the anger is strong is because we applied strong anger conditioning in the past. Now, if we apply strong patience conditioning, it will slowly take hold of the mind and weaken the anger conditioning until sometime in the future the anger conditioning will be too weak to even stir us. And then it will be gone, just like the Buddha's mind. But we have to practice slowly and make small but steady gains. Sometimes the gains will be so small we won't even notice them. However, like the small drips of a tap will eventually fill a bucket to overflowing, our small attempts at patience will add up until we notice that we are automatically reacting more peacefully in situations that previously made us uptight. Nevertheless, we are encouraged not to expect too much. As Thich Nhat Hanh says, the habit energy is very strong. We can always remember how anger destroys our happiness, ruins our peace, destroys our wealth, affects our health, attacks our merit, and just brings us and others suffering. Another way we can practice is to remember other beings' kindness to us, even though their behavior may not be at all that great. We can only attain enlightenment with the help of others. For instance, to increase our patience, we need people who would usually make us angry. We can't practice patience on people who always make us happy and contented, can we? Only through those who push our buttons do we find the opportunity to practice, so they're actually very, very valuable for, our, for us. One text says something like, When I find a person filled with negative energy, I will treat them as my supreme teacher. 
We also can't practice the other perfections without the kindness of others. How, for instance, could we be generous if there were no other sentient beings? Or how could we keep ethics without others? One of the reasons the Buddha made rules for the monks was, it was so that their behavior didn't upset the lay people. In other words, didn't harm their peace of mind. If there were no lay people, the monks would only have needed rules to live harmoniously among themselves. And that again means making others happy. Other beings are absolutely necessary for us to achieve enlightenment. So how can we harm them? It's as though we are harming our cause for enlightenment. Our enemy is not the person that makes us angry. Actually, it is the anger itself. No matter what the other person does, if our mind remains peaceful and calm and kindly towards them, we can come to no real harm. But if we get angry with them, not only do we experience immediate and lasting unhappiness, but we put ourselves in their power. They can be in Timbuktu, but if someone merely mentions their name, our mind immediately experiences unease. What enemy wouldn't like that kind of power? So the best we can do, both for ourselves and for other beings, is to practice patience and defeat our own, our own anger. That will bring peace to both of us and will also be our contribution of peace to this world and the worlds we will go into in lives to come. Now let's stop talking and do some meditation on the disadvantages of anger and the benefits of patience. Please sit comfortably and bring your mind onto your breath, letting all your thoughts come and go without getting involved in them. situation in which you were angry or irritated. 
Notice what effect it had on your peace of mind and the effect it had on others around you. Remember how your anger places an imprint on your mind that will ripen into suffering again in the future. And it destroys the merit you have collected from generosity, keeping vows and so on. It is also the cause for us to take on a dreadful appearance, like a demon, and the karma from anger will bring us an ugly appearance in the future. Also, this strains anger places on health, happiness, possessions, and friendships. How it creates the cause to also experience malice, fear, and loneliness. It is completely unreasonable and gives us the power to do things we would not normally dream of doing, even up to killing the people we love. When the anger fades, we feel embarrassed, guilty, and regretful. Continued anger is the cause for vengeance and wars between families, political parties, tribes, and nations.
benefits of patience. They are the opposite of the faults of anger. Patience keeps your mind peaceful and your appearance beautiful. It also makes those around you happy and relaxed. Karmically, patience results in a beautiful and attractive appearance. It helps develop wisdom, especially knowing the difference between right and wrong. It leads to future temporal happiness as well as liberation, and patience is essential to attain enlightenment. Remember how a Buddha must have infinite patience to help countless beings of many various dispositions. We've come to the end of today's program and it's time to go. Thank you for joining us today and please do so again next week at the same time. Please dedicate any positive energy that we've developed through this program to gaining enlightenment, not only for yourself, but to help all sentient beings. So have a great week and until next Friday, goodbye. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.